It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Monday, September 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians are home after sweeping the Minnesota Twins, uh, knocking Minnesota into third place in the American League Central Division and strengthening uh, their grip at the top of the division. Uh, Two and a half game lead now over Chicago. Uh, The Guardians have won five straight against the Twins. And this big weekend showdown for first place couldn't have gone any better for Tito Francona and uh, the rest of the Guardians. Yeah, Joe, it was uh, (laughs) pretty much they dominated it from uh, the start. I mean, I know they had to hang on in uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, You know, the Twins came back in the late innings, but scoring first and uh, having the uh, starting pitching that the Guardians did in this series, I mean... That's hard to beat. That's a great combination. Yeah, it was not just scoring first, but scoring first via the home run ball in pretty much all three games. Uh, You had Oscar Gonzalez, uh, Ahmed Rosario, and uh, Andres Jimenez and Stephen Kwan uh, all uh, going deep in the series. Uh, You know, not the typical way that this team wins games by getting uh, home runs and, and jumping out early. Uh, you know, typically we see them rally late for uh, for scoring after the seventh inning. They're one of the the, the best teams, uh, you know, scoring late in games to take leads. But uh, I believe they're fifty five, uh, you know, fifty five and and two or so. Uh, there's a there's a ridiculous number of of wins when they score first. Uh, they're usually you know in control and and able to to sort of you know pitch through uh, games that like you said. The, the starting rotation this weekend was really solid. Yeah, the rotation, what, of uh, Quantrill, uh, McKenzie, and Beaver went 3-0 and with a 0.980 ERA. Uh, they gave up, I think, uh, they only gave up, allowed two runs. Uh, just uh, really a dominant performance. And especially, uh, I thought it was encouraging the way McKenzie pitched uh, on the, in the middle game of the series on Saturday, you know, he'd been knocked around by the twins. They really kind of had their way with him. And yeah, he came out, what, seven scoreless innings. Uh, I think, I believe it was, it might not have been seven. Uh, Yeah. Seven scoreless innings, two, two walks, five strikeouts, six hits allowed in a uh, six to four win. Yeah, it was, it was fun to, to sort of watch the starters, but then, 
Uh, you know, the, the bullpen gave us some moments there, uh, especially throughout the, the, the series on Friday night. Uh, who will ever forget James Karinchak, uh getting checked for a foreign substance by home plate umpire uh, Ted Barrett. Uh, this was Rocco Baldelli pulling a little gamesmanship in the middle of an at-bat against Luis Arise. He, he has the umpire go out there and, and run his hands through Karinchak's hair. Uh, checked all the other areas of uh, of his uniform as well, and uh, it, it turns out James Karinchak was not um, doctoring the baseball or using a foreign substance, and and the game was able to continue. But you could tell that what uh, what Baldelli did did not sit well with the rest of the Guardians. No, for sure. It looked like uh, it looked like Barrett was shampooing his shampooing uh, <laughs> Karachek's yeah, hair. I mean, he just so patiently went, went to like he'd done it every like he does it every day. I've never seen that done. I thought I thought that was a, you know, I thought that was smacked of uh, desperation from Baldelli. That was kind of his last play to kind of either you know kind of get into the uh, Karachek's head and and Cleveland's head. And uh, you know, and and I love the way uh, the the Guardians responded. I mean, uh, they really, they literally they may have like ended the twin season that week over the weekend. Yeah, one of the writers in the uh, in the press box at, in, in Minnesota wrote a, an obituary for the, um, the the twin season after the uh, the sweep happened on Sunday. So uh, you could tell where their heads are and where their perspective is. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a L'Oreal commercial. It was a Tresemme <laughs> commercial for uh, uh, James Karinchak. He should, he should get a couple of sponsors out of that. But talking to Karinchak after the the game at his locker, you know, I, I think he kind of expected it after last season uh, when they when they cracked down on the sticky substances and he, you know, it just so abruptly went from having a a fantastic year to, uh, you know, not playing well and, and getting demoted. And we didn't see James Karinchak until uh, September, and he only came up for one appearance. Uh, he his, his turnaround has been tremendous this year. Uh, since joining the team in, in early July, uh, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball, uh, hands down. And I can see why Baldelli wanted to throw him off of his game. You're facing these guardians eight times over ten, uh, you know, over what twelve days, something like that. Uh, you you want to try to get every advantage that you can, but you could also serve to to fire these guys up, and that's exactly what happened. Tito said, "Oh no, we don't send messages, or you know, oh, I don't believe in in this or that." Uh, it, once the doors to the clubhouse close, we know that something's being said in there, and and these guys are using it. Yeah, um, you know, I thought you know it kind of worked a little bit, you know, in that in that in that eighth inning oh, yeah. when you know he gives up the two run homer to uh, Correa, then he gives up a double, you know, but he you know he got out of that inning with the lead and and uh, the Guardians hung on for the win. But I thought last yesterday what was really interesting with uh, Class A unavailable, you know, Karinchak pitches the ninth and. Uh, just uh, just a wild ride, a typical Karen check ride. Three, what, two walks, uh, three strikeouts. Nobody puts a ball in play. 
and uh, he's going to his hair, you know, like, like, like every after every pitch, he's he's going to the hair to the rosin bag. And I don't know if that was just to uh, torment Baldelli, you know, a little bit more, or he was just that wild. But uh, it was good to see him come out with the save and uh, you know keep keep the Twins off the board. Yeah, he was fired up about it too. Afterwards, he uh, he gave uh, Austin Hedges a bear hug uh, as he came off the mound, and he lifted him up off the ground. Uh, y- you can tell that emotion plays just as big a part in James Karinczak's game as his curveball does, and his curveball is pretty pretty important to him. Uh, yesterday, he didn't really have that, but Carl Willis went out there, uh, talked to him, uh, had a good mound visit, and after that, uh, Tito said he came he came out throwing uh, his fastball on more of a downward angle. He, he was able to get the bottom part of the strike zone and, uh, and, and get out of whatever situation he created for himself. And Tito, Tito made sure to mention that he created it for himself, but uh, it, it worked out. So that that puts the Guardians two and a half games up on Chicago, four and a half games up on uh, uh, the Twins. They they went from uh, at the beginning of the week being tied. You know, after after Cleveland suffered through that that horrible homestand and 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 you know zero offense against Seattle. Uh, you know they turned it around. They went five and one on the road trip, and and they went from being tied in the division to to being you know uh, putting four and a half games between themselves and the Twins uh, in in the space of one week. Yeah, and that's uh, you know that's unusual too, uh, Joe. You know when usually when you you know you're playing head to head against your closest rival, you know late in the season with so much at stake. You know, it usually you usually kind of you either go you know two and one or one and two or if it's a three game series you you know you can't split a three game series but you know one team wins one the other team wins two there's there's not really a, a definitive statement made but uh, over the weekend uh, you know Cleveland Cleveland did everything they had it had to do and you know they come out with a four and a half you know a four and a half game lead over the Twins and and uh, it really sets them up for this week which could be. You know, this is going to be a treacherous week for for the Guardians. It's it's full of uh, full of the unknown, unknown, and and some pr- potential uh, you know dangerous matchups with uh, what with the Angels, the the White Sox, and then and then again with the Twins. Yeah, this is an eight game homestand, and uh, you know they were supposed to have an off day on Thursday. They're going to wind up playing the. The, the White Sox in a makeup game that they didn't want to have to schedule for that day, but they had no other choice. Uh, you got the Angels coming in first, and Mike Trout is is hot. He had a streak of home runs in six straight games. Uh, you know, Shohei Otani is, is Shohei Otani. We, we won't see him pitching. Uh, he had a, a blister uh, situation develop in his last outing, so I don't think we would have seen him anyways. Uh and and then you, you get a, a sort of a, a sampler, a, an appetizer of the White Sox on Thursday uh, at home before you have to go out there and face them uh, on your next road trip. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, with the Trout and Otani, they both hit 34 home runs apiece. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, they've got power up and down the lineup. They're not a great club, but they've no. got those a very very talented you know those those two of the best players in baseball and uh you know they could certainly do some damage 
against Cleveland. They swept them in a series, what, in April out in the, out on the West Coast. So, you know, that's a team you can't take lightly. And then, like you said, Chicago comes in. And I just want to see how they're going to set up the pitching, Joe, mm-hmm. because you've got three healthy pitchers. You know, you've got eight games to play with no off day. And uh, who are they going to rely on? Well, uh, to fill those gaps, we know that Connor Pilkington is going to pitch on uh, Tuesday. We know that uh, Cody Morris will pitch. Uh, so, and and Aaron Savali has has been you know recovering. He's he's been able to throw a bullpen. We don't know how he came out of that bullpen and responded the next day in terms of uh, recovery. But if things continue to progress with Savali, uh, we might be able to see him by the weekend at some point uh, when they might need him. Uh, We're just not really sure. Uh, We know that Xavion Curry can be an option on uh, Saturday as the 29th man for the doubleheader against the Twins at Progressive Field. But, uh, yeah, right now you've got three pitchers in the rotation who are uh, you know, they're all over 100 innings. They're all, you know, pretty much hitting their stride right now and and, and uh, where you want to be at this point in the season and healthy. And then you got two big question marks uh, spots in that rotation. Uh, and and they're right now they're being filled by rookies. Yeah, I mean, so you got like you've got um, Pilkington and, and Cody Morris going Monday and Tuesday, right, against the Angels. You don't have Correct. a – they don't have you a don't. starter. They haven't named a starter for Wednesday. We, you know, McKenzie, I think, could line up if he pitches on regular rest I, Thursday I think, against the White Sox. But I'm not sure if that's even that's what their plans are. I think Tito said uh, after Morris on uh, Tuesday that Quantrill would be in line uh, to to possibly go then. So, oh, to, you know, he, he pitching him on short rest, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you're almost you're you're kind of stuck, and then they cut the you know that di- the double header's a day nighter, so I, it's just it's it's really it's a tough tough you know home stand here, and uh, they're gonna have to uh, you know really do some wheeling and dealing here to get to uh, you know just fill out that rotation. I don't know how how many bullpen games can you throw in one home stand? I you know because. With you know, with Pilkington, okay, you know, maybe maybe he gives you five innings, but Morris was really good the last time out, but he only gave you four innings. So, right. you know, you just don't know what you're going to get out of those two guys. Well, and you've got Kirk McCarty out there, and he hasn't pitched since rejoining the team. So, uh, you know, you don't know what you 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 might only get an inning, maybe two out of him, uh, depending on if he can knock some rust off. But there hasn't been an opportunity for him to pitch. Uh yeah, the how the how the starting pitching lines up is is a big storyline for this week. Uh, also, can uh, can the Guardians continue to hit the way that they did in Minnesota? Because if that team, if that offense shows up this week, it's going to help those those young pitchers early in the early in the homestand, uh, and and again later on at the end of the week. Yeah, it was really encouraging to see uh, you know the way Gonzalez swung the bat. You know, you don't. It's hard to rely on a rookie going down the stretch, but you know he had a good series against Kansas City. Then he comes in on Friday and hits the. Two, you know what goes? He has four hits with two home runs, drives in five runs. 
you know, they need that kind of they need somebody to step up like that this week. And, you know, if they're if this if this is a new brand of offense for the Guardians, you know, it's coming at the right time. Yeah, we, we've talked one of the major storylines all season has been their lack of home run power, their lack of, uh, you know, uh, ability. They, they look for, for runs in bunches when they they can string together hits. But, you know, the three run homers, the great equalizer and and they they really haven't had a lot of those uh, this year. And when uh, Oscar Gonzalez delivered one on Friday night, you know, it was uh, it, it took off from there. Uh, just uh, a lot of fun to to be around that clubhouse this weekend as as they were finishing off a team that that they you know, you could tell it was almost like they almost like during football season, you, you circle this one on the calendar. They had been looking forward to this series, you know, for a while to take to, to go head to head with these guys and and show everybody that, uh, you know, they're not afraid to to take on the uh, their their closest competitors at the time in the division. Yeah, they really did a nice job. Uh, you know, the first, you know, they hadn't played. They had the, the two teams hadn't played since June, you know, and uh and if you look at the, you know, the number if you look at the standings from June until, you know, coming into Friday's series, you know, the, the Guardians had actually taken off and and the Twins were going the other way. They they had a losing record. And I thought, you know, I wasn't surprised with what Baldelli did on Friday because I think there's there's some bad blood between these two teams. You can yeah. you can feel there's there's a little per, something percolating. You know those last two games in June, you know uh, Naylor and uh, Jimenez walk them off, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the the Twins are yelling at Jimenez from the dugout uh, on on his uh, you know walk off home run in the ninth inning there. And then you get, uh, you know, Baldelli call, telling the umpire to check uh, Karen check. So I don't know what what we're going to see in the in the last and final chapter this weekend, Joe, but it should make for some good viewing. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you if you thought that the the Karen check situation would would show up again this weekend. I, I guess I have my answer. Uh, you, you really do. Uh, could there be a, a benches? Do you do you expect maybe a, a benches clearing situation at some point? Uh, you know, uh, we haven't really seen that out of this team uh, this year. And and, and Terry Fracona's club is, it, it, you know, they're they're tough, but they're not like an overstated, you know, over the top sort of tough. They're uh, um, and they do. They 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 don't necessarily pimp their home runs, but they they celebrate strikeouts and, you know, walk off home runs. You You saw the. You referred to the Andres Jimenez uh, walk-off, uh, where he he was getting shouted at by the the Twins dugout. But you know he had a couple of gestures during that uh, trip around the bases that could have been interpreted as taunting and and all that. Uh, are you expecting maybe some some sort of dust up this weekend? Yeah, you know I thought it would have come the, you know this past weekend. I thought mm-hmm. it would have come after you know they checked Karen check and he did kind of knock down that. Miranda did did mm-hmm. he not go down the seat of his pants the next yeah, day, next yeah. Bat, so, yeah yeah I, I don't know if that was a retaliation or just Karen check being wild but you know what when you 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 raise a good point with um with 
with uh, uh, Francona, he doesn't usually he doesn't usually uh, they don't usually respond like that. You don't see him if his guys get hit. You know, it's it's not immediately that somebody else on the other team is going to get hit. Yeah, I I don't think he he goes about his business that way. It just at least just from watching him, you know, like you said, they they're not like really a confrontational team. They just want to win. Well, and and that was the point that he made when we asked him uh, after the 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 game ended and the incident with Karinchek. Um, he said he he was upset about the timing of when. Uh, Baldelli called for the inspection because he didn't think it should happen during an at-bat. It's kind of an unfair advantage there to the hitter. But he said he didn't want to go out and argue that point with the umpire after Baldelli asked for the check because it would then look like he was telling the umpire he didn't want uh, he he was he had something to hide or Karen Check had something to hide. He didn't want the perception to be that. Um, he was afraid of what they might find in a check, uh, in the, uh, the the process of checking Karen check. So, you know, he, he plays things a little closer to the vest. He, he, he understands what perception is. And, you know, you, he might not, you know, necessarily <laughs> say order the hit on uh, a player or whatever uh, in that moment. But, you know, I'll bet you at some point they get back to it and they come around to it maybe maybe in the eighth inning of a game that they're winning by a few runs uh, later on this weekend, maybe then you see a, a response and a, you know, a guy gets knocked down or, or whatever in, in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, just, you know, just from watching them over the years, I can't remember a, really a time when, you know, it, it looked like uh, anything, you know, was coming from the Cleveland dugout intentionally. I, I, who knows? I mean, you're not there, so you you don't know. But I, I don't think he plays that way. We, uh, we had this conversation. We were actually anticipating, you know, in in the final game of the of the trip that maybe something might happen. Uh, talking in the in the lunchroom and press dining uh, before Sunday's game, who uh, who would you choose on either side to to stand behind? In a in a fight between the two teams, uh, I I guess Trevor McGill is uh, is the that has sort of a crazy streak uh, for the for the Twins, and that's what the Twins writers all thought uh, you know would be the the, the obnoxious guy in a, in a fight. Uh, we we pretty much picked Josh Naylor. Yeah, I would stand behind Josh Naylor. <laughs> well, and I and I said you know if if that if it's a fight, I went back to Game of Thrones and I said. You know, if it's a trial by combat and you choose your champion from each side and, it, you know, one on one, they go at it. And the and the winner is the is the winner. Uh, I'm, you know, Naylor's biting somebody's kneecaps. He's a madman. Yeah. But the only problem is, I think, Naylor, you, you, if I don't think it matters if you're friend, friend or foe, you might get headbutted. So yeah, you got to be fr- careful. You got to stay on your toes. Friendly fire. We did see. uh uh, the other guy, the other guy I would choose to, you know, stay close to would be Will Benson, who's a six five. And when the guy takes his shirt off, he looks like he's wearing a suit of armor. Uh, Will Benson on Saturday night made one of the best catches we've seen all year uh, going up against the wall to rob Max Kepler of a home run. Uh, that was just a, a pretty sight to watch Benson go up there and, and make that grab. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, that was a great catch. Um, he's 6'5", he's what, 225, probably 230. He mm-hmm. he looks like he should be playing on Sunday in the NFL. I mean, he just, that was a, you know, just a great read on the ball. He got a big jump and, uh, you know, just just a nice play. Just, uh, you know, so you, you, you see what, you know, people see in him. You know, you see why he's a number one pick. I just wish he'd get a little more playing time. Yeah. He's the nicest guy. He's approachable and, you know, just like the sweetest, gentlest person, but uh, definitely a competitor and a, uh, you know, a supreme, supremely athletic uh, individual. He uh, he had not seen a highlight of the catch. So after we were done talking to him in the post game, uh, we pulled it up on a phone and we showed it to him. And, you know, I, I, I sort of told him, I was like, you know, the. The, the look at, you know, left-handed and everything. I was like, that's that's Griffey right there. He looked like Griffey d- doing it in stride going up against the wall. Uh, and he was he was rather uh, taken by that compliment that uh, that it looked like Junior Griffey going up uh, and, and making a catch uh, full speed against the wall. Uh, so that brings us to the Angels. That brings us to uh, the opener of this series. Uh, what are we expecting tonight out of the Guardians after getting home from that uh, that trip? that highly successful road trip. Yeah, just uh, really kind of an interesting, uh, just, you know, this is kind of a wild card. This is like one of those, you know, kind of out of nowhere series when, you know, you're looking at the schedule at the start of the year, you know, you just kind of ho-hum and move on. But uh, now this could be one of those, you know, those those like little minefields that, that uh, the Angels come into town, uh, you know what they got beat up by Houston yesterday. Um, you know, and you're starting what three, two rookies at least. We don't know who's going to start Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Detmers is going uh, against Pilkington tonight. Detmers threw a no hitter earlier in the season, right? I know yes. Sandoval, Sandoval is going on Wednesday, and I think he beat Cleveland out in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, this is this is not to be taken lightly. I hope. Hopefully, uh, you know, that wasn't too big a celebration, you know, on the flight home uh, last night and uh, the Guardians are ready to play because as soon as you let down your guard, we've seen uh, how the, you know, their four game advantage, uh, you know, last week, about 10 days ago, turned into a, you know, a first place tie in, you know, in a heartbeat. So that could happen again. Yeah, just imagine if they had gone 500 on that last homestand instead of, of what they did where they're where they're leading the division might be right now so uh all right uh hoines has got the call tonight uh the, the coverage and we'll be back again uh tuesday with another edition of the cleveland baseball talk podcast we'll talk to you then